What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Bert. I'm April D. In today's episode, we're going to cover B. Simone and the Megan breakup and them no longer knowing for sure. Then we're going to touch on Jesus sitting down with Neil Long and giving us free therapy. And I don't think he's going to be able to go to any more Houston Rockets games. Mm, Then we're going to talk about Lauren Hill and her not wanting to come to work. Talking about not coming to work. Lane Kiffin doesn't like his players not coming to work. But are they right or is he wrong? And then we're going to follow up with a message from the Sassy Man Apocalypse. Preachers at the church like to say, we ain't going to take long, but we're going to take our time. We'll talk about all the TV, movies, and music that define our everyday blackness. Welcome to the Black Card Podcast. Y'all, this episode 94, maybe? I ain't going to argue because I didn't didn't check. Possibly. I think it's 94. I'm I'm pretty sure it's 94. Is it 94? We do this every episode, and people no. be like, oh, "Yeah, I, it's it's ninety four. Boom, shock clock. It took me ninety three episodes to get it right, but here we are. Here we episode ninety four, man. We're back, people, man. Happy to be back, man. Thank you to the listeners for listening, man. Shout out to Suburban Podcast to our cousins, because it's always shout out to them. Uh, who else want to shout out? Shout out to A and M for being A and M. Shout out to Twitter being Twitter. I ain't gonna call it X. Never. 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 Um, anyway. What's going on in your world? Man, so recently, I've been doing some major research on trying to get a treadmill at my house because I realized, you know, I, I go to the hot box for my weightlifting and stuff like that. Shout out to Dwayne. Yes. But when I do, when I go to the actual gym, I really only do cardio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I going somewhere when I could just have that here at home? Right. So... Trying to figure out what type of treadmill you like. Like at first, I wanted a Peloton, right? Mm-hmm. I just feel like financially that just doesn't make sense. It's like three k. Excuse me. It's like three k for the a Peloton tre- is three for the tread for the treadmill. Okay. And then you also have to pay for the membership for the classes, and I think that's like forty something dollars a month. Gotcha. Too much. No, absolutely not. Especially when I'm just gonna get on there and probably walk anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Mm, like the classes are cool i'm not gonna lie but anyway Mm -hmm. but then also looking at like different treadmills and i was on tiktok shout out to tiktok because like there was one treadmill i was like okay this one's straight and somebody has suggested it but if you keep it in your garage it voids your warranty Mm. so you have to have climate control so i'm trying to find something that you know right i think i'm i think i figured it out and i know like i'm putting the treadmill like i figured out what side of the garage i'm putting it on Mm -hmm. and everything so i'm like just trying to get everything prepared. And since everybody's doing their Black Friday stuff early and all that good stuff, I was like, this is the perfect time to go ahead and make that type of purchase. And then I probably I probably cut one of my gym memberships out. Mm. I, I, I can't do both. I think I have. Now I got two gym memberships. I used to be used to be three. But uh, I have two gym memberships, but it gives me access to three gyms. Mm-hmm. So uh, 24-7 has two locations. So that's kind of cool there. Um, so what all went into your like treadmill purchasing kind of criteria and requirements? Um, it has to have, so the funny thing is like, there's certain things that you shouldn't care about. Like I was looking like some only go to 10 miles per hour and some go to 12 and I was like, 
I have never been beyond like six point five. I will never go twelve, so that does uh, not matter. Um, but I wanted something. It doesn't necessarily have to be high tech. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is I want it to be. I kind of don't want it to be super high tech because I want to put it in my garage. My right. garage is not climate controlled, so really something that does incline mm-hmm. um, and uh, it looks like it's durable. I might have to um, peep out some of the things that you looked at because um, when I went to the doctor not too long ago, he was like, of course, I need to lose weight. Like, I'm just way too big. But uh, he was just saying that how actually walking could be so beneficial to your body just to walk every day. He was like, he literally said, if you get up every day, get an incline on the incline and walk for 30 minutes, you would be surprised how much it benefits your body long term. There's so many people on TikTok. That's why I really wanted to start walking because there's so many people on TikTok that said, like, all I did was started walking. And that's the one thing, like, consistency, when it gets cold, mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. I get a little hard to mm-hmm. get up, get dressed. For me, I don't necessarily always look super presentable, but you got to be at least kind of presentable going to the gym. Mm-hmm. If I'm just going to my garage, I can grab a sweatshirt and whatever. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be it. 4 30 or something because that takes you take away drive time right or if i'm working from home and i get a lunch break i can go walk for an hour if i'm in a meeting then i don't have to talk in you right. know like i was just like it would be so beneficial just to have it right there and then uh my good sis sent me a little sauna thing that like mm-hmm. now i'm kind of scared to have it like here because i'm like what about being there microwaving and just baking and ain't nobody <laughs> here to come save me and i'm like where april went r.i.p <laughs> Sitting up in the sauna. That's crazy. Damn. Final destination. Yeah, see, no, now I can't. (laughs) But uh, so tell me about um, this Be Simone and Megan situation. I don't want to call it Meg because, oh, that's what we were supposed to talk about. How did we forget? And we've said Meg 17 17 times. Y'all, this is not on the docket. Really quick, but not really quick. I know you guys have seen Meg's Cobra video and heard the song. What was your reaction when it dropped? Did you watch the video or did you listen to the song first? I watched the video. Same. Yeah. This um, was last Friday? I think so. I think it was last Friday. But what was your thoughts when you, when just all the way around? Oh my goodness. First of all, it's not a long song, but it's such a good piece of work. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting. Um, to use her musical platform to be expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of snakes, but <laughs> understood the concept. And I, I don't know. I just, it was such a, oh, it was such a good and I think for a lot of people relatable song. Um, the only thing that get on my nerves is like I randomly out of nowhere was like this the depressed or whatever she said. Uh huh. This pussy depressed. Yes, all the time. And I'm like, I don't need to be saying that because it's really not. But it's such a catchy line. I'm like, I hate. Um, I thought it was a really good song. Like, I like emo rap and like emotional music. Um, she did a really good job. Uh, no, not her, her too. But production wise, that beat and that like rock elements. I was thinking, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. A nigga's about to start pulling from rock and start putting electric guitar 
in our music because I'm 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 here for that. It sounded so good. So good. So good. And I guess in today's world, it feels good to hear where some, everybody has tried to make a good song. The production was good. The her flow was good. Her lyrics was fire. And um we we can have to talk about the lyrics. There were some things that she said that got the people are stirred up. The biggest one was she made a claim that Cardi oh, yeah. was getting sucked off in the bed that she slept in. Wow. Wow. So I don't know if that meant that, that I don't think that means that that was her bed. I think if he did that shit in her bed, that is a wild boy. He is a fool for that. But, um, Hey man, I don't know if it was, I don't know how I feel about knowing all this. I guess like, yikes. You know, hey, you and it's so not. It's hmm. I hate the word funny. I need to get some more adjectives in my. Uh, in so my, hilarious. <laughs> mm, it's interesting mm-hmm. because you know when she was going through the whole thing with her trial and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, and people were like, "Where's party? Where's party?" Mm-hmm. That's where it was. Mm. <laughs> mm. When I, I think. No, nah, I think he was actually, no, he was there for the beginning of it. So, yeah. okay. I don't, okay. I'm going to steal some Joe Budden thunder here. There was uh, rumors, topics swirling that basically like party was riding with her, you know, through the Tory situation. But through the trial, she found out about all the stuff, you know, that she was fucking with Tory. And, um... Do you think he would have been wrong to having an emotional response to find out about his old lady, even though she's going through that in that moment? She's going through her situation. He backing her like, yeah, you know, I'm riding with Meg. That's my old lady, whatever. Now she got to hit the stand and she didn't tell the world like, yeah, I ain't fuck with Tori. But she got to tell on the court like, hey, I fucked Tori. So he finds out during trial, do you think he's wrong for having like an emotional response to learn that information? If he learned that information for the first time, although she's going through her situation in the courts. I would hope that before she went on that stand and had to say that, that she was like, look, you about to hear some stuff. (laughs) You ain't going to like, but I think, I'm not about to sit here and act like I wouldn't be upset. If if I was with somebody and found out like all this stuff, even mm-hmm. in court, you're still going to have some type of response. Uh, somebody you care about. Right. About somebody you've been riding with. Like, oh, you, this what you. You know what? You know what party probably really think? I'm going I'm to put you in, in the dude's mind. I ain't say like all dudes, but you know what it would be in like my mind? What's that? This little ass nigga. Oh, yeah. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. I, maybe I'm alone in this, but. Post me or post me. I need my woman to do better than me. Like, I, I, I'm i okay with that. If you do worse with me, I'm going to look at her sideways like, hey, man, you ain't learned nothing from me. Like, you fucked with me. I'm right here. It's only up from here. Me and him are not in the same ballpark. So, I don't know if Party was thinking, but I know I'll be thinking like, you goddamn stepped out on me for this little ass nigga. And that's what would drive me insane. 
Tory Lanez, that's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, we weren't here to talk about that. We weren't here to talk about that. But uh, so yeah, we was actually talking about the other Meg, Megan. <laughs> Man, so I actually, I think I found out about um their podcast just off of clips off of Instagram and TikTok. And um, so what is their podcast about? Like, what is their? So it was the No For Sure Pod, and they just had it was very. They so I'm not gonna say I was like a a um fan or an avid listener. The avid listener. That's exactly what I was trying to say. That's crazy. Um, but I did listen to some of the episodes um as time permitted, and they did a lot of kind of just like girl talk therapy life i think megan had recently gone through like a divorce um and so it was just like a new chapter of life for her she very um you know very spiritual very like you know journey healing god uh be simone like mm-hmm. be simone is be simone right. but she also like has some like interesting takes on that but what was very i think what got me one episode um, I was listening to it and it was an episode and I don't remember when it was and I think I sent it to y'all, but they were like having some difficulties in their friendship hmm. and they decided to kind of discuss some of it on their podcast, just like where they were um, and how things were going and just like how they felt about, um, about, whatever happened i don't know exactly what happened Mm -hmm. um but they kind of just something happened where the friend they just weren't they weren't in the they weren't in a good place Mm -hmm. and so they're walking through it on their podcast and it just kind of made me think because you know we're you know Mm -hmm. we're here as you know as friends Mm -hmm. and i'm like dang like let's say hypothetically me and birds fell out (laughs) like would we be able to record to We'll be able to record through the hypothetical, like through the fallout, because they're getting paid. Yes, and that was why B Simone was kind of just like, "Well, we're in business, right? We're business partners now." Yeah, like we're friends, partners. Yes, like yeah, we were friends, and the friendship might not be working out, but we still need to get paid, right? Um, but no, I was when I thought about it, I was thinking about the fact, like, okay. Although you guys hear two of us, there's really three of us. Right. And Dub was on the, what, two episodes ago? Mm-hmm. And so I think that even in there only being two of us, they probably would have been like, okay, guys, we got to figure this out. Right. And I honestly don't think between the two of us that there isn't something we could be like, all right, you said this has hurt my feelings type thing. And we couldn't right. just be like, all right, we fixed it. We're back. Exactly. Before like, we even get on the mic. 100%. It's a... Uh... I think with us, it's a good time to point out there was another TikTok that I'm going to come back to. But I think with us, it's a very genuine kind of friendship in the sense of there's no level of competition. It is, And we've spoken before about how we would love to see the podcast be used as our own individual platforms Mm -hmm. to promote our own brand. So there's already this like internal rooting for the other person to grow beyond the podcast. So I can't, I could never foresee 
where we would beef that hard that we would let something, especially like, like this is our baby. Like, you know, we've been, this motherfucker got teeth now, you know what I'm saying? Right. So we wouldn't, I don't see us letting it fall to the wayside. Um, something that we, that we've grown and we spent and we have plans for growing even further. And, uh, is you think maybe it could be just a, a virtue of them being a woman woman um friendship i think so i mean and i don't know what they fell out about or whatever but sometimes with women it's just hard to see eye to eye and then like they're just in two i think that you can have friends in different stages of life you can have friends as a single woman that are as a single woman that are married and vice mm-hmm. versa um, even though Megan was going through her divorce or is divorced, um, I just feel like they might have really just been in separate stages mm-hmm. and they weren't seeing eye to eye. Now Megan and pop back up. She didn't already she got a new podcast. Mm-hmm. Megan said, All right, bet. Cause when I search for no for sure in the podcast app, her um I think it's called like in totality or something, her podcast came up. Mm. Um and if you go to their Instagram page, Everything gone. Damn. And I said, you know, I kind of hate that. Like, was there was they had a lot of good topics on there, a lot of good discussions that I'm like, okay, yes, y'all are no longer friends. Y'all aren't doing what y'all were doing, but delete the whole thing. Right. It's a little dramatic. Like, cause did you see that uh, stitch to the TikTok about the girl? The initial TikTok was the girl saying that. Men don't have true friendships. It was a it was a black girl saying that they don't do A B C X Y Z and they don't have like mm-hmm. true friendships. But the dude and it wasn't just one of Mills multitude of of guys responding saying that's not how our friendships operate. The interesting thing that I hear women when they talk about their friendships that's completely different from men is that their friendships almost all uh, operate as a one-stop shop for everything. And that is so far from the truth when it comes to men. We are very much compartmentalized in, and prioritized in how we think and feel about different individuals in our life. So, for example, for example, this this theory came up or this i'm sorry not theory this scenario came up like if i had to do a crime like a real crime and i need the homeboy to come with me it would not be my best friend it wouldn't like hollywood would not be my best friend i mean Hollywood would not be the one not because not because there's any loyalty anything like nothing it's because i know i need hollywood he's responsible on the outside if we get caught Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like Jared gonna do that crime with me. <laughs> Jared the Jew, we gonna do that crime. And you know, you just know your guys like that, and that's how you like them. Mm-hmm. You know, or I go out. I go out, I buy sexes in the club. Like, that's how I like to groove. Hollywood don't. And we don't, I don't, he's not any less of my friend because he doesn't. I just accept him as he is. And uh we kind of have those kind of relationships that just have their own swim lanes and we understand that about each other. And it really, really works out for us. 
And uh, I think when I hear these these conversations, like because they was even talking about going like friend therapy and stuff like that, and that is a lot. I said, if the moment that me and a friend have to like, okay, let's go sit down with the therapist, like let's pay a copay, mm-hmm. and sit down with somebody and try to work through this. Um, part of me is like, shout out to the effort, but that's a lot. But you know, also though, they 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 were a business as well, right. so that that is another thing. <laughs> like, we expense. might need to kind of try to work this out, right? For the, for our business, and obviously. And that's another thing. I was thinking if y'all have a business together where it's not even like a, it's a product and it's not like a manufacturing, you like y'all product is your friendship. I can't even fathom what another person can do that'll make you that hard up and say, nah, I'm going to throw all this money away. I'm going to throw this income away because it's consistent. And they were actually like, I feel, I feel like they were growing. Yeah. So, because I was seeing them a little more frequently, and their their clips were going a little more viral or whatever. So, I, I don't know. I mean, hey, they got too much money, man. Exactly. I I mean, but also I'm all for you know, if it ain't working, because mm-hmm. you know, women, you you were right. Women friendships are a little different. Mm-hmm. Women are a little different. It's like the you you can get on TikTok and see that I wanted to have my birthday and <laughs> I had a week full of events and you didn't come but to two of them. Well, sis, maybe she didn't have a week full of event money, but now you mad at your friend and she can't be your friend because she couldn't afford it. Listen, that ain't even the one. Ain't no friendship survived the weekend in Miami. No. <laughs> Ain't no friendship. Ain't none of y'all friendships. And the and the funniest thing, let me say the funniest thing be niggas be completely, completely opposite. Six niggas ago, I have been on that trip. One, two, three, four, five. Five of us went to Miami. Four days. When I say time of our life, time of our life. Phenomenal time. These are same and these are the same five guys I travel with all the time. You got to find your people. Hey, man, find your tribe, man. But uh, speaking of therapy, Jesus introduced us to his own therapy session. Mm-hmm. So he had this uh, sit down with Neil Long. Uh, it was called God Forgives I Don't or something like that. I didn't even know that title. It's something like that because um, he just dropped an album. Yes. And that was, he has a very long title. And it's, a, it's a double disc. And um, so he sits down with Neil Long. It's about an hour long. And um, they, he kind of just, really have a therapy session on YouTube and uh, it talks about his childhood, talks about being molested as a child. Um, he told us a really detailed graphic story about uh, being, a, being a young boy over some friend's house and uh, they upstairs playing the game and uh, one of the kids, one of the boy's dad um, arguing with the mom said, I got something for you. Uh, you stay right here. I said, go upstairs, get to rambling around in the closet. He said, looked at the boys, was like, hey, man, I think we need to, like, you know, break out. Like, I know what this, I know how this about to go. He said, next thing you know, he heard, pow, 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 pow. He said, the dad and shot the mom four times, and he went and hid underneath the uh, bathroom cabinet, in the bathroom sink, and uh, until the police came. And it was wild to hear him detail this story. And, you know, so many other stories about his mom and things like that. And to think that this is just 
although it's traumatic, it is also very regular and standard in a lot of people's lives. Like I've had this conversation with my friends and I was like, damn, well, listen to Jeezy and thinking about my own life. It's wild how many traumatic things happen that black people take for a standard way of living. Mm -hmm. Like you're not even, you, you don't even be in the streets of being, being like the street streets like that. You know what I'm saying? But you've probably been out and somebody got to shoot. That's not normal. <laughs> like, think about what we're saying. Like, I've been going to college parties, getting maced and stuff because somebody, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Think we've gone to probates and got maced. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I, I told you this. I have been handcuffed and in a police car one, two, three, four times. I got a clean record, but that's how many times I've been detained and under arrest. Like. And and I am a citizen, citizen. But so I take it with like a, oh, this is just life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, you know, I got friends been in the clink. Like, all my friends pretty much have been in the clink at some point in time. You know, or close or their brother or something like that. So it's just wild to think that we take these traumatic experiences and create them into like the standard of living and don't think anything about them. Because them over there, them pilgrims... They don't have those these experiences. Mm-mm. They do not like you will find another white man my age coming in a similar situation and you ask him, Hey, how many times have you been in, in a cop car? You're like, what you mean? He's like, just 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 rode around, drove one, just rode around one, like, nah, you've been in the back one. He's like, oh, I ain't never did that. You know? But it it was interesting. I mean, I know this I know different now. But I used to feel like men just didn't have like feelings, like the way that women have like mm-hmm. feelings and things and things happened in our past that impact currently, like some of the choices and things and the way we see the world mm-hmm. in my mind, men didn't have that. Um, so it's always interesting for me to see interviews like that, where men are being very expressive of these are things that happened in my childhood that impact my current way of thinking, mm-hmm. the way I process and see the world, the way I um, get up and, and operate, even like his relationship with his mom, like you were saying, like how that impacted him. And was he able to truly have the I guess, closure he was looking for? Mm-hmm. It was a lot about what was it forgive and forget mm-hmm. type deal. Um, it was interesting. So, <laughs> It also reminded me that you can see the clips online, but if you don't go watch the whole thing, you won't get it. Because the clips kind of had me looking at Jeezy like, um, I couldn't tell how genuine he would be. But when I watched the entire thing, I was like, okay, this is a, this is a real discussion. Right. Like, what's your what's your opinion on forgiveness? Like, how do you, def- like, not define it, but what's your personal take on forgiveness? Or how do you go about forgiving? Hmm. Um... Forgiveness, I feel, well, my current self is a black woman. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like forgiveness is for yourself more than it is really for the other person to let go of whatever you're kind of carrying within whatever happened between the two of you guys. Um, Doesn't always necessarily come with an apology, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it kind of frees you from whatever is tying you to 
that um what's the word i want to say in some cases resentment like you'll have somebody that you might have fallen out with and they're not apologizing and you're over here upset mad thinking like how could you da 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 they're not thinking nothing of it forgiving is being able to say you know what i'm gonna let this go so it no longer is internalizing inside of me even without the apology mm-hmm. it's hard i ain't gonna lie i'm not the best at it my pastor said something a long time ago and that really stuck with me and uh it was during one of the sermons and uh y'all wouldn't hear this because y'all don't go to church like y'all should but uh <laughs> he said uh forgiveness is having the opportunity opportunity to exact revenge but you don't and that really kind of like stuck with me and like in like the term of forgiveness, like I agree that is you no know, for you to relinquish this weight that you're carrying around with you about another person. But it's also in the when you have time to set the record straight, do you decide to do it or not? And I try to keep it. I, that's one thing I really, really try not to like keep with me is grudges and, and hatred or anger towards individuals. Because it's a lot easier in life just to kind of let it go. Um, and it took me a while, actually, like to just kind of get this kind of carefree nature. And I think uh, it's like almost like having like trust and faith in the Lord. Like it's like God got my back in the sense that he going to get you. He going to get you. It ain't going to be me. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be me. And I don't, and I don't want him to get me for trying to get you. So, <laughs> my problem. I feel like I'm God's little helper. But <laughs> let, let me move this along for you. I, I know what you want, God. I got you. I got you. He right here. Mm. But um, now I will say this though about forgiveness. I do think you have to be careful or cognizant of when people may be trying to use it against you. I take you for granted because let me, you know, what burns me up and it really like it. I try not to like stew on it and dwell on it, but it really makes me mad when people go out in the world and do these heinous things to people. And as soon as they get into citizen sentencing and they get into the, you know, the courtroom or whatever, the family of the victim come up there and be like, we forgive you, God, you know, whatever. We wish mercy on you or whatever. I like, nah, nah, nah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Cause you know they it, it carries on to so many things. Like you remember when my man was sitting there in his house eating a bowl of ice cream, and the and the officer lady went in there and shot him and killed him. Mm-hmm. And now his family out here trying to hug her and stuff. Nah, man, fuck that. Like I don't. I think like with smaller things you can forgive people, but when it comes to times like if you're the voice of justice and fairness, you gotta be. You gotta st- stand strong. You gotta be firm in that. Like if that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Like people will run all over you or people will depend on your forgiveness to get over. And that's why I think sometimes people fuck up. Like you, sometimes good people got to do bad things. I think there's a people pleasing aspect sometime in, in that whole forgiveness world. Right. right. So, um, sometimes when you have like certain relationships with people, and you want to keep forgiving somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you you just have a forgiving heart. Like, your forgiveness. People will take advantage of that. Right. Even, not even on that level of, like, you know, somebody murdered somebody. And we in the court, you know, court courtroom and mm-hmm. you doing that. But 
just at a low level of, you know, you forgive somebody and sometimes you just, you want to keep the peace. So let me forgive. They ain't sorry. So they're going to keep doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Sometimes you have to be able to forgive and also move along. Right. You ain't got to, that's what I think Jesus said, forgive, but I ain't, for, I ain't finna forget. Right. So <laughs> did you notice the, um, did you, did you feel the, the, the energy? Yeah. You in know. that? That was real cute. Hey, look, let me tell you, Nia said something one time. That I was like, this, I said, do y'all see this flirting that is going on on this TV screen right in front of me? Jesus said something about his mom would uh, take him back out to the playground and, and fight all the little boys if he gets jumped, if he gets beat up. And Nia hopped up quick as hell like, oh, yeah, I do that with my sons, too. I take him right back out there. We got Vaseline in the car. And I was sitting here thinking... Nia, motherfucking long. You are a multimillionaire. You are not taking your kids to do no damn schoolyard fights. My favorite part was when she was like, I used to date drug dealers. Oh. I, he's like, really? Bruh. No, 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 no. The real one to me was when she was like, you know what? You're like, you're like all the things. I said, this whore, whore. Now, now you ain't going to go that far. We're going to go a lot of places, but that far. All right, all right, all right. Maybe not whore. Kind of whore. <laughs> I don't know. I just so for me, honestly, I want to step back and like I'm like, what said Nia Long interviewed Jeezy? Like, how did that come about? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know what genius thought of it because that was like a per like she is the perfect interviewer. Yeah, I said okay, baby, Oprah. Dog, it was such um, it was so relatable. She felt so engaging. Yes, it wasn't, and it didn't feel interviewy. It was very much a conversation, right? Right. I, and I liked that because she was sharing about herself, mm-hmm. and and it was very open. And I mean, I ain't making Jeezy. He ain't bad looking, man. Um, and he kind of when he was talking about how real niggas don't cheat. I'm like, oh, that's that hail mary play. Like if we never, if we were wondering these last thirty seven minutes, if he was trying to get in there. Oh, that nigga want that. Yeah, he he. When I heard that, and that's the clip I seen. I said, "What's this? What's this video about for real?" Because I'd be like, "Man, get on the internet and say anything." Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you. All I was thinking about is how Ime Udoka has to be fuming mm-hmm. right now, because this has all the makings of like. And also, you gotta think about like this. That was his old lady. He know he know he know when Nia flirting. He know what he know that looking eyes, and is one of the things kind of like you know how I just said like uh, party was like nigga you gonna go to Tory after me? Hey, going to Jeezy after he made I don't I, I don't know I don't know if that's a if that's a up or down a left or right or sideways you know what I'm saying like that's a he made us, he, he kind of in the same ballpark as you. That's Jesus Snowman. Like, Jesus Snowman? Yeah, he's down. Plus, he got Snowman. I just, yeah, he brought up, I mean, and it was such a mature conversation though. When he brought up the, um, him and Gucci, their verses. Yeah. That was such a, a, a moment of, in time. Yes. Do you remember where I was when I was listening to that? I was on console. You show <laughs> And the dude next to me kept dancing. I said, why he keep doing volume up loud? Yeah. Look, don't yeah. care that oh was, my goodness that was a thing that was a thing but speaking of volume up loud so you know um lauren hill is supposed to be coming to huntsville in december mm-hmm. 
in the middle of the week, from what I believe, like a Wednesday. I know it's a school night. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to see her? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> so we're laughing because Lauren, like, it's one thing you're. She's known for being late, right? But then she got on stage and addressed her her lateness. Let me let me see if I can. Get the get the video going for the people. Do you know how chronically late you have to be to feel like you need to address it mid concert at your show? But well, play this, and I'll tell you the funny thing about this. Oh, you said play it. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, like, go you gonna say the funny thing So I'm like, I'm like, we're the survivors. <laughs> we're not just the survivors. We're the thrivers. thrivers. <laughs> she want to play again. Okay, girl. <laughs> I don't know where my phone <laughs> She's early to the replay, late to the concert. <laughs> but, but I think it's, the funny thing is like, how are you here preaching about your lateness as you're actively late to your concert? Like, folks are saying like, this is like, let's say, like, because let me see, this concert coming up starts at 6.30. Cause, you know, it's a concert tomorrow here. Mm-hmm. So, concert, not Lauryn Hill, but another concert. Concert started at 6.30. Are you little, going? Yeah. Oh. You going? No. All right, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But uh, let's say Lauryn Hill, and from my understanding, I don't think she has, like, opening acts or nothing like that. So, you just sitting there, you and the DJ, <laughs> just listening, chilling, and she don't show up for two, three hours. She's in the building. It's not like she's not there. She's she's there, and she's just not coming out. And to be late and give them a sermon about how they should be glad that she's here. Y'all lucky I even make it on the stage every night. Like, ma'am, do you know how much money people pay to come see you? This ain't, like, this ain't, we're not doing you a favor. Right. We're not going to dinner and you just show up late. I literally came to see you. You only have one album. Literally, you only have one album. And I, we want to have to have a serious talk about Lauryn Hill, man, and where we where we place her in this little thing we call music. I be arguing with people up, down, and sideways, but there is absolutely no way that Lauryn Hill could charge me money, show up late, and then talk to me greasy all in the same night. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Keisha Cole would love to have my money. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, she, she comes to Huntsville on a Wednesday. Show starts air quotes at seven p.m. Doors open at five thirty. 
Man. Um, the prices are from fifty four to two fifty. Imagine you paid two hundred and fifty dollars to be down there in the pit. Cause that's pretty sure that's where it's it like the, the, the front section of the pit. Mm-hmm. You didn't pay two fifty. Be down there, bit. And you watching the DJ. You watching the DJ. Until, DJ running out of songs. <laughs> he didn't play. He didn't play the seven o'clock song over again. You know It's cold. You done heard Mrs. Officer three times. <laughs> like. Only for her to show up at 11 o'clock. And the crazy thing about Huntsville is with these um, black concerts, the people who live in these surrounding areas, like that noise time, I think mm-hmm. it cuts off at what? It's, I don't know what it is during the week. I feel like it's 11 something on the weekends. But they do not be playing. They don't. So if she shows up super late to her, what time I said it's our seven? seven. If she shows up at nine, y'all losing hours of concert time. Well, she ain't got hours of music, so you ain't really got to worry about mm-hmm. it like that. Very true, very true, maybe, very true. Maybe this whole time, that's the whole thing. It's like, She's showing up like, it's like, I ain't got but one album, y'all. <laughs> so I'm going to be out there for no five hours. Man, and like I said, it's going to be cold, too, but hey, good luck to y'all. Because uh, as much as Bird like concerts and being all at the O, I ain't going to be at that one. Now, I cannot wait to put my gold teeth in tomorrow for it's a... Uh, Bun B, Paul Wall, Pastor Troy, uh, and Juvenile. Somebody's missing. Mia X. Uh, I think that's it. It might be a six one, but I can't remember. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. But You have to tell me all about it. So, hold on. In the sports world, I know you're not big on sports, but Lane Kiffin is a... a Head coach of Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and this is some leaked audio from a conversation he had with a player today, and it has got. This is one of the times that the timeline is kind of split in half, which uh, how they feel. So let me play it real quick. Oh, 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 oh. There we go. When you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you, and you saying I'm not ready to talk to him. I wasn't. What what f-ing world do you live in? I don't see why you gotta be disrespectful, honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm. See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f-ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks. Okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the first. It's called hiding behind and not showing up to work. Yeah, so that was his conversation with uh, defensive tackle DeSanto Rollins after he took a two-week mental health break. So I guess they're saying um, he just kind of dipped out two weeks, told coach it was mental health reasons or whatever, and that was Lane Kiffin's response. From what you know and what you hear, how do you feel about the audio, the situation? I want to start off by saying I am team protect your mental health, pro mental health. But also, if you got a job to do, you on the front end, when you're not feeling well and you think that something's going on mentally, you need to say something. You can't just go ghost for two weeks and decide you're not going to do your job. 
for two weeks and then come back and be like, it was mental health. That does not work in the real world. I don't know. Like, again, I am a mental health girly. I am a pro. Like, if you're not feeling it that day and it does, and you don't really have to, take your time. But you have to communicate it. There have been days where I wake up and I don't want to go to work. You know what I do? I grab that phone and I text the people that I need to. I check to see, okay, if I take today off, how many people does it impact? Okay, boom. And I communicate that and then I take my time. But I just, you can't just say mental health and then just, but at the end, after you've already been gone for two weeks. Because mm-hmm. now you ain't got a job. Mm-hmm. What that's your scholarship? How you gonna pay for college? I don't. I've I've saw not conflicting, but I've seen different things that is kind of like hashing out what kind of because I think in his situation it's a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, you done? Mm-hmm. My perspective is Ole Miss is five and one. Lane Kiffin has hundreds of athletes to manage, and at some point, people have to be adults. And Lane Kiffin isn't a babysitter. You know what's the realest thing that I can really remember from a job that has ever told me? What's that? When I was working at where we work, where we used to work at, mm-hmm. where, where we work at. Mm-hmm. And we was going through training about being in um, in the fishbowl. They said, when it comes to covering shifts, even if, even if you get a call that some, your closest person to you has passed away, all we ask is that you tell somebody. You just don't walk off. You know, we understand, but all that we ask is you tell somebody before you walk off so we can cover your your shift. You know, I'll cover you like it's no problem, but just notify somebody. And that was just the realest, simplest request. This was, this conversation, this training was what, over 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's a step that they even understood like even in your darkest moment of earth shattering news they want you to have just five percent of professionalism just to notify somebody that you're leaving they're not saying you can't leave they say don't go they say you ain't gotta you ain't gotta walk in and tell nobody they said just even you gotta text somebody be like hey i found out something tragic i gotta go and that's all they're asking and you telling me that you are on this top top D one athlete of this school and for two weeks? That's two games. How and, many practices? And they saying that the coach has asked to 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 see you to meet with you. People online are saying that they're on you know the the student side. I get I'm seeing a lot of that. They're saying that well you know he's dealing with mental health whatever you don't know what he's going through or whatever and I'm just. I mean, I'm I'm really kind of sick of it when it comes to society and this. I'm gonna use the term soft because it's really soft. In my opinion, a. I understand life beats you up, but life is hard. We were just talking about, bruh, mm-hmm. going through traumatic life things mm-hmm. back to back to back. He got to deal with it, right? He got to. I mean, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but we just somebody that we know just went through like a lost a a couple of people close to him in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so he has to deal with real life. You can't just, the world isn't here to cater to you. This, the way people want to coddle and and support this student, like man, Lane Kiffin got a job to do. 
And if he doesn't do his job well, he's fired. So now he's fired and he's losing income for his family. Now, that doesn't negate whatever the young man was going through. But the young man should have had a little bit of respect for his coaches. Be like, hey, coach, I got some shit going on in my head, man. It's crazy. I, I, I want to talk to you, but I will when I can. That's not asking. And I, that communication aspect is is where I think the next generation coming up is is lacking. They mm. understand. I'm proud of y'all for understanding the mental health aspect. I'm not mad at that. But as a grown up, mm. you have to communicate. You you can't just not show up to work. You right. can't just not go to class for three weeks and be like, man, I was going to. Because people appreciate just a little heads up. Like I was saying, like even even I've had some like. Very dark days where I was just like, you know what? I can't do work today. I don't go into detail telling all my business. I don't even necessarily say mental health. I say, hey, I'm not feeling well today. Need to take a day. You start going to mental health, depending on the age level or like, you know, the the amount of receptiveness they are to that. The older generation, they be like, okay, but we went to work How no, no matter how we felt. But if I just, if I ain't feeling, hey, I'm not feeling well. Don't nobody like ask to see a, a thermometer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Take you a day, but communicate. Right. Because even like, and this is the thing people saying and talking about, like, you know, Lane should have put him off the team and, you know, he doesn't know what he's going through and stuff. Even with your job and you, let's say you having mental issues at your job, they put you, and that's what Lane was kind of speaking to was like, you know, read your mental health, you know, rule book. Or regulations or whatever is like they put you with the therapist. They your job like if you want to take time off from work for your you know mental, you have to present to your job that hey I've went to a therapist these many times. This is this is their number. This is their certification. This is their recommendation. Like you don't just be like hey you don't self diagnose. Yes. Hey mental health. I'm out. It shit don't work like that. Like these are these are uh, when you. Other people are involved here. Yes, and that's that's the part, the accountability aspect. Right. You just, I mean, you can have your mental health issues. I keep saying that. However, you have a responsibility to your teammates, mm-hmm. to your coach. Well, the coach didn't show up for two weeks. Right. Just just decided, just I ain't coming. Didn't say nothing. People may be worried. Like people might be genuinely worried about you, mm-hmm. but you're not communicating what's going on. You fire like fuck. At the end of the day, if you had deadlines and things like that, and people are depending on you, and you just don't show up with no type of communication or reasoning, because I think I think naturally people are empathetic. If hey, if, like let's say hypothetically somebody misses a day, like mm-hmm. one day of work, and I really need them for something, but dang, I'm like, hey, one, I'm worried because I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Well, yeah, they ain't gotta, you know. They ain't said it was gonna be gone, but then they come back like, "Oh my god!" Like my so and so passed, and I just like been on go, and I didn't know, and couldn't get to my phone. I apologize. Even that little bit, like as a normal person, very empathetic. Hey, take some time. Go do what you need to do. But that communication in the in the front end is so important, right? And so I think this is just a tough lesson that he had to learn. Because I saw something. I feel like I saw something about he was suing. Yeah. I saw for that too. 40 million or something. Something crazy. Nah, get off this because shit, man. you didn't come. You didn't. You didn't come to work. You did not communicate that you weren't coming to work. And then you got put off that team. It's somebody 
saying like, well, he's not, this isn't work. He's a student or whatever. Like, no, 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 cut the shit. And he is very much an employee and this is a business. Ole Miss makes millions of dollars. The NCAA makes billions of dollars. So he is very much an employee. And what's it called now? They get money, the BLTs? NILs. Uh, NILs. <laughs> Why did I say BLT? What I is have that? No idea. A sandwich? Oh. Yeah, they get paid in Subway. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> they get they get paid for some of this stuff. I I respect. Um, y'all might not know this. Obviously, we both went to A and M. My auntie worked at A and M for years. Like, there's some very grown people that know my aunt. And one of her rules for survival skills class. Now, survival skills is way up on the top of the hill in Buchanan mm-hmm. Hall. If you were late to her class, you could not get in. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't come. If she had a test that day, you weren't getting in. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be on time somewhere, it was to her class. And there were people that she said later on called her and said, thank you. Because in the real world, if you have a job where you're supposed to be there at a certain time, it ain't no like, oh, man, like they, they don't really want to hear the excuses. There aren't any excuses. And so, like, I think people are empathetic when you can come beforehand and kind of let people know, give people a heads up. But you just nothing. Nah, that ain't how life works, man. Like, people really have to, like, I I really feel like people have to realize that life is unfair, life is hard, and there is a level of toughening up you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking, like, all week I've been thinking, like, damn, I want to take a day off, but I had training all week. So, you know what I did every day? Sucked that shit up, got up, and took my ass to work. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I need to do. I just, you just gotta, you can't have it your way. Yeah, that's my thing is even when I'm taking my days where I'm like, ooh, okay. Like, even if I need some time, I look at my calendar and I say, okay, what meetings do I have? Who is this going to impact? Mm-hmm. If I have a meeting that I have to go to, I got to go. Right. If I'm running a meeting, I got to go run my meeting. Okay, we got this deadline and I'm just not going to show up. No. That's irresponsible. And that's all, that's your name on the line as well mm-hmm. you don't want to be known as that person that just shuts down and doesn't communicate because that's going to impact your future opportunities mm-hmm. because don't think that the people higher up don't recognize and see like oh when deadlines come up on shit get tense you know so-and-so got got away getting ghosts get lost or you know presentation or debriefings was rolling around and couldn't find her or him you know they pay attention to that you're unreliable and so I remember uh, before we move on, like a book I read, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm-hmm. And it just stuck out to my mind so hard when he said, nobody told you that work would be easy. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying that that is like a lot of people's misconception is that they have to like work. Nobody said that. If you more than likely, if you're doing something worth getting paid for, you don't like it. Cause it was hard. It was hard to get there. So it's going to be hard to do. You don't like it. You like being paid. That's what you like. And you hold on to liking being paid. Mm -hmm. And that's what you hold on to. Like you don't like going to work. That's, that's not a part of the deal. Every 14 days you're reminded why you have the job. Bingo. I mean, I know that people are kind of anti hustle, hustle culture Mm -hmm. now or whatever, but there's so many like, uh, 
personal development type people that I've listened to. Sometimes when I be in a when I'm in a funk, I'm trying to talk more professional because Burby's catching these clips and I be so ratchet and <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just I'm just being me with y'all, you know. But um, sometimes I go listen to like the the motivational clips mm-hmm. to get me going to kind of get me out the bed and right. you know it, not excited but you know excited to get up and and grateful that I have a job that I can go to to pay for the home that I live in and the car I'm driving and my lifestyle and blase, blase, blase. And I'm like, okay, if I don't get up and go to this job and I have to give up my lifestyle, my house, my car, my, the things I like to do, mm-hmm. how would that feel? You know, like this, this little extra 10 minutes in the bed, is it worth all that? All right. Get on up. Let's go. Yeah. Go ahead. What we got? What was the next one? We got, uh, Child. Oh, the the sassy the sassy man apocalypse is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was this tweet that um I know it came across my timeline. Um the man's tweet said, Do y'all feel this reason this is the reason men are hesitant with dates or are they broke? So here's the conversation. So man says, Hey, Hope your Saturdays. Wait, How about we read it back and forth? Let me be him. You gonna be him? You okay. Be him. <laughs> and I'll be the blue. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, I hope your Saturday is okay. Can you see the pics we took together? Crickets, crickets, crickets. All right. You good? Yeah, actually been meaning to hit you back. I had a difficult weekend, but nothing I want to talk about. So I'm going to hit the pause in this direction right now. And I'm sure we are not compatible in the long run. I do wish you the best. You deserve the world. You wasting my time and money. This is why guys don't like going on dates. Please don't be a joke on my phone right now. No jokes, just facts. The date was over $200 and for what? I got nothing out of it. Shaking my head. The women in Houston are trash and play games. If you got to count it, don't spend it. <laughs> Hashtag Dave Ramsey. Who likes to waste their money and time? I have to stop ignoring red flags and be judgmental. I went about you wrong. Everything is a business decision. I am completely open to a discussion about red flags if you'd like to go there. Hand clap. I would. <laughs> this is Okay, okay, okay. This is just- all know. right, <laughs> I forgot that. So, uh, the gym that she responded with, hey, she funny. The gym <laughs> that she responded with was my man that said, Your hair uneven, you dusty, and you ain't that cute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't know if I ever swiped that far. That's why I took me. I was like, Wait, <laughs> yeah. So, people going um, back and forth on that, sir. I mean, when she hit him with that hashtag Dave Rams, that's the ooh. Ooh. Go ahead. I don't think she I don't I don't think she was wrong in what she did. He chose to take her to wherever he would wanted to go. She went on the date. She realized, hey, we're not a match. She didn't she didn't lead him on. She just ain't gonna work out. And now you're Giving me your reasons on why women in general. You you went on one. Day, I don't know how many dates he's been on, but this is the one that just said women in Houston play games. Like, sir. 
man. This new generation of men, I really, I really attribute to fatherless homes. This is I, I, this is kind of my, my my working theory. Is that what it is? This is what it is. Because do you know what is very obvious that a certain level of man recognizes in these exchanges? This sassy desire for the last word. When she sent out her first um so I'm going to hit the pause in this direction right now. I'm sure we are not compatible. Whatever. Look, this is all you need to hear. Mm-hmm. The the response should have been, all right, cool. You know, you take care. Hope life gets better. Mm-hmm. And sir, you go the fuck on about your life. But this, you wasted my time and money. Uh, this is why guys don't. Be, now, now you're trying to argue. Now you're trying to go back and forth. With somebody that already just said it ain't gonna work out. So what's the what, and obviously she's right. <laughs> what's the goal? What was the end goal in that conversation? The last word. Mm. That's what I'm saying. The last word. Sassiness, like these, like I don't understand these men or these guys today. I don't really want to call them men just yet. These guys today wanting to battle for the last word with the oh this is why women this and that like. That's real sassy behavior. Really sassy. And need to recognize that and stop doing that shit. Like, nobody owes you anything. A part of, of life and being a man is toughening up sometimes and just be like, damn, it is what it is. Hey, you spent that $200? Cool. Be glad she didn't drag you along and you spent $2,000. All right. Because it sounds like you were willing. Mm-hmm. So she could have hit you up for $200 10 more times and then you really would have been mad. So, all the time while knowing that she did not like you like that, right? And she kept it. She kept a buck with you. She's like, "Hey, you know, obviously you taught yourself about that shit some way, because you went on a date, so you had a chance." Yeah. So you probably she probably got them incel vibes from you early off because you probably you probably made her pay her what you call it, pay for some down the line, and she was like, "Oh nah, hell nah." But uh, yeah, man, I don't. <sighs> Golly, boy. it's a lot of it going on though. Like before we started potting the the TikTok that I played. So mm-hmm. to summarize it, it was a girl. She was talking about her friend. She met this guy in a dating app. They talked for a couple weeks, and then um they guy makes a date to go to a restaurant. And an hour before they go to the restaurant, he hits her up. and was like, "Hey, make sure you get you a snack or something before we go eat because I don't plan on buying full meals." At that point. I'd have been like, you know, hey, I'm actually hungry. So you go ahead and do your thing. I'm going to go, you know, mm. hey, if I got a taste for that place, I might go by myself. <laughs> but girl still goes on that date. Boom. After that, I think they said his birthday was coming up. Mm-hmm. So birthday comes up. He kind of was hinting at like he wants to do something with her. So she picked some restaurant in like a mall area. Um it sounds like it wasn't like a very expensive restaurant. She buys him a couple shots, whatever. And he's upset because she didn't take him to a nicer spot. You know, there's other nice spots. You went to somebody else's birthday dinner not too long ago. And it was a, a fancier place of Fleming's or whatever. And we come here. And then also earlier that day, he said he was going to get his hair cut. 
And he was mad because she ain't offered to send him money for the haircut. Mind you, the the birthday dinner she went with the co-worker, I guess the week before, they met for drinks afterwards. Oh, sorry, drink mm-hmm. afterwards because she had a drink. The bartender says, hey, you want another one? She said, yeah. He said, no, no, no. I said, we're going to go out for a drink. Mm-hmm. You buy another one, it's on you. But he wanted red carpet rolled out for him. Sir. Hey, niggas, man. You got to pay to play, man. Like, if you ain't, you don't put your love life on the fr- forefront if you ain't got it. And when I say you ain't got it, you need to start, y'all niggas need to start working and saving and just put, all right, maybe your daddy didn't tell you, so let old Uncle Bird tell you. You're going to get paid every two weeks. Let me tell you what you do. You pinch off a little bit of that check. You take 50 to to $100 and sit that bitch to the side and just let that sit there. Just let it sit there. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Just put that right there and let it sit there. Then you're going to go work for another 14 days. And on that 14th day, you're going to get paid again. And you're going to take another fifty hundred dollars and you put that shit right back with that other one. You give it someone to play with. And you let that shit sit there. And you don't, don't look at it. Don't touch it. Then you work another 14 days. And you're going to do this over and over again until you get a couple of hundreds over there. And once you got a couple of them hundreds over there kicking it, now you're able to take somebody out. And it's not a moment before that. And if you spend every last single one of those hundreds, that's fine. Because that's what the fuck they were over there to do. You find you somebody you like. You hopefully, you know, think that figure out if they like you too. And if you want to take her out and you want to be somewhere, you know, kind of middle of the road, you ain't got to be nothing too crazy, you use those hundreds. Because now that's not coming out your day-to-day money. That's the money you didn't put aside for the last two months for this date. And everything is going to go smooth. You ain't worried about the $200. Boom, take that 200 You want to go out and have multiple drinks? Boom, buy four of them margaritas. Do that shit. That is how you date as a man. If you ain't got it, you ain't got to rush into it. Talk to her for these couple of weeks. Talk to her. If you ain't got, if your hundreds ain't start, ain't stacked up just quite yet, where you going to feel comfortable taking out, hey, just keep talking to her. Just keep talking to her. She ain't going nowhere. She is not going nowhere. Just keep talking to her. Just keep talking to her. Hey, if another nigga come scoop, scoop her up in the time, hey, God's plan. Ain't got shit to do with you. Because now if you didn't talk to her for four weeks and you didn't get your money right, one, she going to like you a little more because you didn't talk for a goddamn four weeks straight. You going to like her a little bit more. Y'all can go where the fuck you want to go and you going to spend that money and you ain't going to think about it. Simple shit. Your daddy didn't teach you because he went to the store and never came back. <laughs> Uh, I was not. I was like, I ain't, man. I really don't be wanting to goddamn go in on these niggas, but y'all niggas are really lame. Like y'all really be on some lame duck ass shit, bro. And this shit is really starting to bother me because you do this shit in the name of manhood. Like, oh, women this and men, real men rob, beat my chest, put woman over my shoulder. Shut the fuck up. Like y'all niggas is lame, bro. Like stop that shit. Don't don't involve real niggas in your lame world. Don't be trying to pull us into your conversation because we ain't bumping for the bullshit. Like, stop that shit. Go get your money up, date inside your price range, and chill out, man. It's life, bro. Everybody has done it. You ain't about to reinvent the wheel. You ain't about to drag these women down, call them out their name because you don't want to spend the extra money. Because you're spending on yourself. You buy the damn 2K. You buy Madden when it come out. You got them buy rims for your truck. You buy it on everything else. It ain't that much money, man. We too old for y'all to be acting like this. I ain't got nothing to say. 
I ain't got to Y'all heard them. Listen. And I think it's funny, though, because with us being friends, and then you have, like, other, like, women friends as well. Mm-hmm. Knowing you and your friends, I know in y'all's circle, that's not something that y'all would even entertain or think is a thing. So probably hearing the stories and seeing these things on, on the internet or from mm-hmm. people around you is probably like, wait, what? I literally thought y'all were joking. No. All this time. Like, like, I, like I, and I bullshit you not. Like, this whole incel culture uh, of, like, not paying for shit. Like, the conversation really kind of ramped up probably about, what, maybe about eight months ago. Not quite. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere in that range. Where it really started being, like, a weekly occurrence and different examples. Mm-hmm. Before that, I really, really, really thought y'all were bullshitting. I thought y'all were playing. I thought this wasn't, it was like one-off situations every blue moon. Now I'm finding out this shit is happening in daily life. Like, I do not understand why y'all niggas are holding. <sighs> let me tell you, let me tell you something about women. Let me tell you something about women. Let me tell you something about women. They going to get it up out you. Go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. If you think you're going to hold on tight to your money and not spend that shit and have a decent woman, it is not going to happen it does not work like that if you don't spend it on the first day then in the when you get that woman you are going to spend on her whether you like it or not that is life Mm -hmm. you are going to spend on your woman because let me tell you if you gonna hang around real niggas one thing you don't want to do is be the only nigga not spending on your woman when everybody else is because there's a certain level i ain't gonna use the term coolness to it but that is like kind of like just that's just manhood. That is just what it is. You spend on your woman. Hey, her birthday roll around, the motherfucker gets a bag. You don't want to spend 15, two grand, but shit, you know what? You damn do. That is life. Mm-hmm. That is a relationship. Because you, now when you sitting at the at the barbecue, at the cookout, and everybody else woman bringing them a plate, and then you sitting there looking crazy. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you what the fuck you up. When you sitting around that barbecue and everybody else's wife pull out them Louis bags. And your wife ain't got one. Now you be looking like, damn, man, shit, man, I need to get my wife a Louis bag. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to think. Cause you don't want to seem like the cheapskate amongst your homeboys. Like, hey. Nah, I ain't going to say that. I was going to say something a little too loud. <laughs> 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 I was going to say something. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't say it, nigga. Hey. I, air, some women can be bought. And you don't want to make sure that your wife one of them. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the reason that you lose, you don't want to be the reason that you lose your wife or your woman or your girl to the bigger wallet mm. because you was too busy saving for yourself. It'll happen. I just seen it. Mm. Hey, cause look, cause she find that bigger wallet. Oh, she ain't going to miss you. Mm-mm. Me and my Louis B going to be real happy. <laughs> mm. <sighs> anyway, man. Yeah, you let him have it today, Bird. I ain't even mean to. Them niggas, it's, it's the brown, man. It's it, the, it, <laughs> listen, this is back to the beginning. Yes, y'all. Bro. We are. We have the Martell Blue Swift. Man. It's a little cognac. Let me read it for y'all. Because mm-hmm. we, we, I feel like we've progressed in like alcohols together just because 
we hang out every Thursday. So right. whatever and bird we hang out on the weekend. Yeah. So like whatever bird be drinking, like he kind of be putting me low key. I be drinking whatever bird be drinking. <laughs> I ain't even gonna act like I be putting bird on the sun. Except for that that Costco that Costco Ooh. tequila. That uh Costco Migos. Uh yeah. The what's it? Anejo. Man, that thing busting. Yes. I need to go get me some. But yeah. it's this blue swift spirit drink made of cognac VSOP, then finished in bourbon casks. Casks. Oh that I know that sounds bad on the mic. <laughs> but it's it's such a very um distinct taste. And I just wanted a little a little sweet. Nothing too much. Yeah, man, it's a it's great for the for the change of the of the weather. Like, mm-hmm. now it is cool. it is a cool weather drink. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, man, that's our pod, man. That's the episode, man. Hope y'all enjoyed it, man. Uh, if you're a real nigga, hope you liked it. If you're a bad chick, I hope you loved it. If you're a lame nigga, I hope you liked it too, because y'all 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 listen still count. <laughs> he learned y'all something today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh. Continue to subscribe and uh, listen and shout out to Suburban again. That's our cousins from across the way, man. We fuck with them the long way. Y'all go check them out. Oh, also new podcast I've been listening to if you're into like true crime. Uh, it's called Sisters Who Kill. Mm-hmm. Sisters Who Kill or Sisters That Kill. It's one or the other. But it's like two black women and they give like stories of black women who kill and they give the full details of it. And it is good because they like just hey, two niggas just telling the story, man. They tell it just the way we like to hear it. So y'all check that out too, free promo. Um, you got anything? I don't. You know, just thank y'all for listening. Cool. Well, I'm Bird. I'm April D. And this has been another episode of the Black Card Podcast. Thank you for listening, and Mama, sorry for cussing.